You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting okay. System. Yeah. All right. Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops! This is Silicon Steve Valley on this side, and on the other side, we have Vladdy Daddy. He liked to party. Vladdy Daddy. He liked to party. <laughs> oh, I What's love it. How are you doing? It's great to uh, see you again tonight. That's our, our first annual Christmas show. I'm so excited. And we have a very exciting treat for you guys before we get into all the good stuff. And that's exactly right, Flotty Dottie. Do you want to tell the folks what we have planned for them? A special Christmas treat straight from WWE? Uh, it looks as though we have a Christmas carol ready for those that have some sort of disdain or displeasure with WWE. And this one will be geared towards you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the 12 days of WWE. Take it, fellas. Now that's what I'm talking about. We're getting the Christmas cheer riled up here at High Spots and Cheap Pops. Flotty Dottie, how about that Vince McMahon? He was just, he's just a treasure. Oh my God, that Austin Theory segment of last night's Raw, or was it this past week's Raw, was unbelievable. And it just, it almost shakes you as a wrestling fan, especially if you've watched WWE as long as we have, and especially watched Vince during his like heyday during the Attitude Era and then the Ruthless Aggression Era and even most recently you pointed out even like 10 something years ago with CM Punk it was just a different story and now you watch it and it is uh, a shell of his former self in some ways well I thought it would be fun I didn't see it yet I thought it would be fun if you got my reaction I haven't seen it I did hear about what he said about the firing I thought people quite frankly Quite frankly, I thought people went a little. Uh, yeah, Vince McMahon was playing a heel character. He did the same thing with Brett the Hitman Hart. I'm not going to kill him for that. He's doing exactly what he wants, and you're freaking out about it, and that's making him happy. But I didn't see the rest of it. I want to see it, so let's check it out real quick. And then we can, yeah, I think we can, I can probably manipulate it out of there. Yeah. There. All right. <laughs> so, well, that's not the only thing that happened on Monday. Oh, actually, no. We're not going to do it. Well, well, so there's that. But before we go on to AEW, we have to touch on Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman. You have been all about this storyline the entire time. I haven't been into it as well, but you really loved it. Certainly, Paul Heyman's work, your reaction to Roman Reigns putting the Superman punch. On the wise man, on the executive consultant. Was that his? Was that his title? Uh, he's he's the wise man. He had another one, didn't he? The was it a consult? It was another. It was another yeah, monitor. Something else. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm trying to think what it, something to the tribal chief. I forget what the previous council. What, what a, the council to, to the tribal special council. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And. um yeah, it was just uh, it's a very uh, cool way that they've gone with this 
this angle between Brock and Roman, and it's almost uh, they're fighting for Paul Heyman's soul in some ways. And and one of the things I, I really just admire in Paul Heyman is especially towards the end of the interaction with Roman and and Heyman, where Heyman's like kind of like nestled into Roman, and Roman's talking to him, and then you just hear Heyman like muttering, "Yes, my trouble, Chief. Yes, my trouble, Chief." Like he's just like he's like whimpering, and he's just like so like you know scared of him still, and he didn't know what to do, and it's almost like he was doing it for his own good. Because, you know, Roman doesn't know the true Brock, if you will. And uh, then, you know, Brock unloads with him on the Superman punch and then looks to give him a concerto. And this segment is one of the best segments that they had in a long time. Mm -hmm. And it really strikes up the interest for fans from the past that haven't been watching. Because here you have Roman as the heel, Brock as the psychopathic face that the crowd is totally behind this you know crazy lumberjack looking dude who is just going to go cut through everybody and uh and of course they have the 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 brains behind them both and they're sort of vying for him and you and i already have our little theory about this right and um I, I, I'm going to really say it. I, I, I'd be surprised if Heyman does not turn on Brock and goes and helps um, uh, Roman to go win this title from Brock uh, at day one. And uh, it just it seems to be that way. It's like, it, it, like it would be the ultimate. Brock wouldn't see it coming. He gets outsmarted, and that's how Roman wins is what I feel. But, yeah, it's just quality stuff from WWE. This is like the thing that you could really say has been really good. Um on their brand and that's about it but yeah i'd love to hear what you're thinking about it i thought it was the best 10 minutes of programming they've had in probably all year yeah at least from a storyline perspective better than cena coming back better than anything else and you're right it's a different dynamic and by the way let's not let's not forget they've already headlined wrestlemania twice first one was a decent match but it became a legendary match after seth rollins did what he did Second match is obviously infamous for being one of the worst main events in WrestleMania history with the crowd chanting boring. Right. So this was a match that we never thought we wanted, but it seems like this might be another WrestleMania valid match, even though I'm with you. I think that if we talked earlier, we think McIntyre and Roman might be the way they're going and they have Brock go over to Raw, but what's going on with Raw, I'm not sure there. But I thought it was the best 10 minutes. I really thought it was the best 10 minutes they've done in a while. The sadness and pain in Paul Heyman's voice when he was telling him, I was protecting yeah. you from Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And it, that was brilliant. It was just the acting. The It's quality it, TV, really. Yeah. He's, he's, he's such a maestro out there. Yeah. and the, But the question relies, does Paul Heyman turn on him at day one? Or does Paul Heyman turn on him at WrestleMania? We don't know where we're going with that yet. Well, you know what? If I listen again, this is fantasy booking here for me. I, if I'm them, I have Heyman turn on Brock. Brock loses. He's a free agent. He can go anywhere. He can go and jump over to Raw. And then you set up Roman versus McIntyre. And then you have Brock versus either Lashley, Brock versus Big E, maybe Brock against Rollins. Because he has a little, still has, you know, some beef there for sure to built in immediately. But to me, you're splitting the shows. You have two nights of WrestleManias going forward. 
It's going to be in it's going to be in Dallas, Texas, and they're already talking about Steve Austin being there in some sort of grand role. Probably the host is what I'm assuming, whatever that means. Does that mean he's going to dress up like a pirate? Why does he work at Long John Silver's? <laughs> That's what happened with Hogan when he was on there. He was hosting. Uh, well, well, they were in Tampa, so there you go. So this one, he would have to dress as a cowboy. I'm not racist, brother. <laughs> I'm definitely not racist, right, Titus? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, this is just the way of the route I would go, but yeah, it's really great television, as you said. Heyman doing top-notch work. Roman and and Brian and Roman cutting through the Usos and and hell, Roman going and just immediately looking to give Brock chair shots. I like that aspect of it. He was like, "Screw it, I'm going in for this." Hey. Wasn't afraid. Cold and ass kicked. It cold and yeah. calculated. He's a great heel, man. He's a fantastic heel. This is this is the Roman that should have been the Roman the last seven years, not just the last you know what have you. Um, or once they realized that he wasn't going to be over as a baby face, once they, yeah. it took them a long time to understand that, but, uh, yeah, it, it was brilliant. It was, like I said before, the best 10 minutes, probably going to be one of the top 10 moments on our segment coming up next week, which are when we do our year interview, top 10 moments, which we're excited about. And I think that's definitely on there. That could be the biggest moment of the year for WWE. If you go back and think about it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I am I am considering some of the twenty four seven title changes that happened, but we'll see. Well, this Dana Brooke thing is magic. The love story, the budding love story between her. I just think of some ass on the internet. Well, I guess Dana Brooke's over her husband. Who? Who? Oh, you're on. You're on mute again. Oh no! I'm just saying that's how fucked up the internet is these days. Oh, okay. Like you should have saw it. They did it. The, they did the shit that people were saying to Tay Conte after Sammy and her his girlfriend broke up. It was like calling her a whore. <laughs> like what the fuck, dude? Like who the fuck are these people? Like who? Where do you get the balls to say this to another human being? Yeah, it's like listen, they're adults, and let's be honest. Like when I saw Sammy getting engaged to his former fiance, I immediately said to myself, with all my life experience, if you will, I looked at it, just assessed it. I'm like, there's no way that's lasting. Sammy's too young. He's on the road. He's going to be enjoying himself. And like, I, I mean, honestly, right now talking to you, I'm not sure if Sammy and Tay Conte are actually an item, but if they are, I could see why. Yeah, well. I just think it's everyone just needs to stop being assholes. Like, just stop. Let's be kind. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, like, why, like, why would anybody have anything negative to say to take contact? Like, they're all adults. And by the way, the rumors have not been said to be true at all about them too. So I don't know. But I just wanted to say something like that uh, about Dana Brooke. But uh, I'm going to cut all that out. It's just a downer of the whole fucking show. <laughs> don't bring up deaths and spouses. TJ, yeah, you, you Cad. It wasn't offensive, it was just a downer. Uh, so, yeah, top, so that would definitely be one of the top 10 moments. And so, what is your prediction? You think Heyman turns on him on day one? Is that your official prediction? Yeah, that's my prediction. As long as they don't get COVID and it can show up, yeah, that's my prediction. That's very, very fair. 
All right. I'm not sure yet. I really don't. Uh, we'll definitely do that. We're certainly going to do our day one. Oh, you're our, and then our next pay-per-view next week. We're going to do our day one predictions next week for you guys. We are tied going into this. So excited. Onward over to the world of AEW, the home of professional wrestling. And Adam Cole. Baby. I can edit it out. It's fine. I just remembered that. I can edit, I can edit the, the breakout. So you just got to hit it eventually. I can, baby. It I can just edit it right out. You already said baby too. It's all good. I'll be a, actually say it again just because I'm pain, I'm pain in the ass. Adam Cole. Baby. Dropped his surprise midway through his a very good match with Orange Cassidy to open the show. First of all, what would you think about the match, how these two guys use their gimmicks just to intermingle and have a really great wrestling match? Uh, listen, I, I'm getting tired of the Orange Cassidy shtick. It's, it's a little too much for me. So I wasn't even zeroing, zeroing on that. I was literally waiting for the surprise, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, it was a good match. Even with Cassidy's bullshit that he throws in there it was a really good orange cassidy match it got you to the point where you thought he might actually win for a second i didn't really but it, he had a beach break and it looked like there was a split second it was a fun match to use their gimmicks but i'm with you a little bit the orange cassidy bloom is a little bit trying out yeah even the best friends in general like them being combined with chaos and stuff like I'm most impressed with Ricky Ricky Romero at this point out of the entire group. No. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, you know, not into Orange Cassidy and, and Tyler Yuta. I don't really care. Um, you know, Statlander. Yeah. So that's sort of where I'm at with them. And I'm just tired of them being intertwined with Cole and, and the Bucks at this point. All right. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, they're over. He's still over with the crowd. So. Orange Cast is not going anywhere, unfortunately. Um, no, 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 I know, yeah. But uh, I'm with you. I'm with you there. He can get old. It's the same, it's the same shit over and over again. Um, but then, obviously, the big surprise is we got Bobby Fish comes down with a distraction to help out Adam Cole. And the yep. third member of the former original trio of the Undisputed Era shows up, Kyle O'Reilly. Sneak attacks us some judo chops on Orange Cassidy behind the refs back. Adam Cole in lowers the boom, gets the one, two, three. And then Kyle O'Reilly starts beating the shit out of Orange Cassidy, but not really. He was missing him. Phantom punches, would you say? Oh my god, what was going on there? And then and then Adam Cole pulls him up like they're gonna be at odds. Then the Bucks come down, but they never had the moment where they weren't at odds. It just they just started standing next to each other. So I thought that was a little confusing the way it was done, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was a little disjointed, I thought. Yeah. Like, are they friends? Are they buddies? Is this was this planned? Like if he was a surprise you knew it, why are you acting like you're pissed off at him? Yeah, why would he give a shit if Orange Cassidy is getting his ass kicked? Yeah, I, I just I'm I'm just curious about that, guys. I'm just wondering what was the deal there. Yeah, the, you know the only uh, the positive thing I'll say about Cassidy and Fish being out there is that uh, I, I do admire the high low finisher that they have because 
and I, it's sort of ironic because earlier this week I was thinking back about ECW and one of my favorite tag teams was the Eliminators with uh, Saturn and Cronus. And I was always a really made, like, I loved their finisher. I was a total, like, fan for their finisher. And that high-low that they hit really reminds me to, of it quite a bit. So um, when they hit Orange Cassidy with that, I was like, ah, oh, that was the one point, part of the, that segment. I was like, yeah, like, I sort of popped a little bit. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, it was a little bit disjointed, you know. Yeah, it was so, it was just yeah. awkward. It was awkward. And it, it was saved by the Bucks when they came out. Coming out. It was saved with that, but over, uh, otherwise it was really an awkward debut, I thought. And he just looks goofy. Kyle Riley looks like a goofy goof to me. He's a goofy dude. Yeah. The ironic thing too is like in NXT when it was around the time I sort of like started like dwindling away from them. Um was when they let Kyle O'Reilly like be his own personality and he came out the first time and people all were like comparing him to Orange Cassidy because the way he was dressed and he had shades on and he was like sort of like a laid back guy and they were like you're totally like stealing this gimmick from from Orange Cassidy and uh, I'll be damned who's the first person he's attacking Orange Cassidy that was that's definitely not an accident for sure it, it might have been the reason why they started feuding with the, with them guys it was all for that payoff Maybe, and you know, I, I, you know, even though it wasn't like the most, uh, I don't know, overwhelming sort of debut, I do kind of like the moniker, the violent artist. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I think. Look, the debuts, yeah, like whatever. That. The debuts, what? The debuts, whatever. It's. I like it. They're going to be great, and you have a built-in storyline there that's going to write itself. And yeah. to give the Vladdy Dottie a little little credit here. You said that they were going to go right away with this, with this, and I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure if they will. They'll, they'll give them that kind of shine right away. And Vladi Dotti, you have proven to be the soothsayer, the sage, the wisdom of the show. Where I just am the chicken wings. <laughs> Soon be famous ones. Uh, you know what, man? They could not resist it, man. And it's like. You're going to get the Bucks versus Red Dragon here. And Cole's going to be, you know, it's almost like a battle for a soul. I think the term, some one of the announcers, maybe Excalibur said, was that here's Adam Cole with a foot in both worlds. And literally, like, acknowledging his, you know, reign in NXT with these guys. And here he is at AEW with the Bucks. And it's a very interesting dynamic going all around here. So, man, uh, it's, it's going to be something. And, and you know what's looming is Kenny. And, he, I, and let me throw this at you. If I had to go and put a couple bucks on a bet here, this is what I think is going to happen. I think Cole's going to side with Undisputed Error. And I think the Bucks are going to team up with, with uh, Hangman. Possible. That's actually great. That's actually my work because maybe Kenny's not back yet. Yeah. And then, you know, Kenny left it with respect with Hangman. And it's like, I, I feel Hangman sort of belongs with them after they've, you know, after that championship match, more so than with the Dark Order. It just feels right. And that would be the good backing to have for Hangman at this point. Not even saying he's still champion or anything at that point. But they might just need each other at whatever, wherever they are with the storyline. Dark Order is going to have to. The Dark Order would have to turn there, though, which they would. 
and especially if something somebody behind them is making them. There you go. Ooh, spooky man. Spooky man that has a connection to Brody Lee. Who could it be? That's I right. Rowan is going to be the leader of the <laughs> There you go. He is a genius. Remember that? They talked about that in WWE. That, yeah. <laughs> this big guy is really smart, but he has the emotional capacity of a, of a two-year-old. Hey, you know what, man? I forget about the Rowan connection to Daniel to uh, Brian Danielson. Remember that? That was like ugly was, man. That was like one. It was great. Those are two of the ugliest wrestlers in the world right now. <laughs> Not models. And I'm, and I'm going to make fun of him because he's uh, married to Brie Bella. So that's 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 what he's that's what he's definitely doing all right for himself. Yeah, I don't think I need to judge how ugly he is. Nah. He's probably a dynamo in the sack. I'll tell you that much. Great human being. He's really he really uh, does have uh, good cardio. That's obvious. <laughs> He's like like staying like fourteen hours straight. I can go twenty four straight, but it'll have to be if I have a healthy dose of uh, methamphetamine laced Molly. Wow. What's cool is that you're not really doing meth because you think you're doing Molly, but you're really probably on meth, but you don't know that for sure. So I was like, ooh. It's a, just a mixed bag for you, isn't it? Well, the thing is, you don't know if it's meth. Maybe it's just caffeine pills. I'm not going to judge. I'm... Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, cutting that out of the show, too. Uh, so I think that's a great idea. I think because if you look where Hangman is going. Again, after we can get to him right after that, he cuts a promo, says how, he, how he's real confident he wants to beat Brian Danielson. But at the end of the promo, he looked kind of sad. He put his head down. Yeah. And he also was disappointed on BTE this week, which, by the way, BTE has really been lagging the last several weeks. This past week was dynamite. And you would appreciate, the, if we can do a flash to being the elite, you'd appreciate this. They've had this ongoing thing where Silver and... Reynolds are trying to recruit Adam Cole into the Dark Order or be his friend, and they're giving him advice on how to cut his hair and the whole thing. They're... So that's been the deal for weeks. It's been the only decent thing on BTA. So they have a situation where Cole's by him, and then here comes Reynolds and here comes Reynolds and Silver, and he's like, look, guys, I just need to stop this. Stop this. Don't ever just leave me alone. And they just walk right past him. It's like, oh, we don't need to talk to you. And they walk right past him, and then they go to Hook, and they give him some chips, and he start, they start chilling out with Hook because Hook's the big... And Cole's like, he's the new flavor in town. It was really funny. And then they also did a spray tan party with Bobby Fish and the, and the elite. Because the, the Bucks were really sad. They were really sad. And then Adam Cole was like, I can cheer you guys up. Turn those frowns upside down. Spray tan party. And then they're doing that. And it's all crazy. And then Bobby Fish comes in. He's like, what the hell are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? We have a match. This is ridiculous. You're doing this without me. And then Bobby Fish, first time ever, made me laugh. Starts spraying everybody down with the spray tan. It's amazing. It's all within the first five minutes of the, of the episode. So do yourself a favor and check it out, those of you. Yeah, I got to check it out. So Hangman cuts the promo. Brian Danielson interrupts him. Still come out of the baby face aisle. Or, or, or uh, tunnel. Tunnel. Yeah. Tunnel. The, the babyface tunnel. And he cuts a really menacing promo. And 
Well, I don't know if I like. Are they going to go another sixty minutes? Because they're going to have a they're going to have judges there. Which, by the way, old school WCW had that. Harley Race was a judge. I think T- Terry Funk was a judge once. That was old school WCW. What do you think about that? Them bringing that back into this match on January fifth from your home state, Newark, New Jersey. Let me ask you this: This one I'm this is one I'm not understanding. Then I thought. Adam Page disagreed with it and wouldn't wouldn't agree to that match. He said we can do it because I'm not going to need 60 minutes. Ah, okay. So they're going to be there. Well, now he's got to do it in 60 minutes because he already pissed off. And by the way, he can... Are they going to go another 60-minute draw? That would, that would grind my gears. Well, if they did a 60-minute draw and they have the judges and they go and choose the American Dragon over Hangman, that's a heartbreaking loss for him that he didn't actually lose. Yeah, I, I just... But I, do I, we really want to see another... I don't know. I think that's dangerous, another draw. I think that's going to turn a lot of people off. Just saying. Just saying. But it wouldn't be a draw if they have the judges that all go and give you a winner. He's being shafted. Oh yeah, I get it. I just don't want another hour match. I mean, you, I mean, can they really go another hour? They just went an hour. Like, what are you going to do so much different that you didn't do last time? It's going to be really interesting to see who is the judges here and who sides with him. Kenny Omega is a judge. Oh boy. That'd be interesting. Kenny Omega is a judge, and actually, and they don't say who the who the judges picked and everything, but there's three judges say right, and Kenny's one of them. And then Hangman just assumes he's one of the ones that voted against him, but when, but later he finds out Kenny's the only one that did vote for him. Right, right, right. There you ooh. go. Ooh, ooh! I don't think Kenny's coming back that for that though. I think he's going to take some more time off. Right. And that's fantasy booking, but. Because Kenny's not coming back in January. He's going to be out for a little while. He's probably going to wait till after Revolution, I would assume. Right. Maybe come back at Revolution. Same thing with Moxley. I mean, he's, both of these guys, I mean, they're cruising right now without both of these guys. Imagine when they come back. Yeah, they, they're going to have to add another show. Yeah, they're going to have to. No way no bad about it. Or at least another hour to Rampage. Um, so what did you think of the Hangman Danielson promo? I'll give you my take. Really good, really good promo, strong promo. Uh, Brian Danielson, really just a, a, a master at his craft at this point. So good in the ring, so good on the mic, calling people idiots. Every time he's calling them idiots, I'm loving it. Um, he's just piece so of snarky. Cow- piece he's of cowboy snarky. shit. What do you think about yeah. that one? He's, he's a piece of cowboy guy. shit. Yeah, he, he's just he's so masterful at what he's doing, and he's just you can tell he's loving what he's doing every second of it too, and it makes it that much more enjoyable. So, yeah, this is as good as it gets in terms of um, you know, okay, you have Roman and Brock in one hand, and you have these two in the other, and it's like this is a very strong championship scene in both federations right there, and then like, that is, uh, I hate to say, you know, not to be cliche, but pinnacle like for both of them at this point, and they're both doing top notch work, so. Yeah, it's been awesome between these two. Is this Brian Danielson's best work in his entire career? 
I think so, since he was the eco warrior, definitely. Like the I, I and you know what, the, the, the whole yeah, the underdog run was great. Don't get me wrong, but again, very baby face and very PG. Listen, you know, it's especially they made a lot of fans for him, especially through that run. You know, younger ones especially. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, and then the the eco, eco warrior love that, but this is is even beyond anything I dreamed. So much better than I expected. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. And, and it's surprising, too, because we thought he was going to be the big ba- one of the big baby faces in the company for, for years to come, at least. No. And then, no, 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 no. So after that, we had a couple other things happening. Obviously, we talked Ruby Soho and Nyla Rose. Meh match, to be honest with you. Like the story they were trying to tell. Idiot fan got ejected. Had a really stupid sign for Nyla Rose. Uh, but she's going on to face Jade for the TBS championship. And they will, I think that will culminate. Well, I guess Jade has to face Thunder Rosa, but we know Jade's winning. Come on. As much as I love Thunder Rosa, and it might be a great match, but I think this is yeah. Jade's championship to lose. Um, so Wardlow then has a shine. He gets there was a little pep talk beforehand with the with the pinnacle, and they're ragging on Wardlow. They're just shh. Rattling his cage. Where was the champagne? Why weren't you helping us? Yeah. And then he stands in front of him. And then he stands in front of him the entire promo. Yeah. And they sort of like give him like the backhand, if you will. Like, like even Spears had more clout in that room than Wardlow. Like what the hell's going on? And then I did it. I did like the one part of their, their promo with MJF and then uh, FTR where uh, FTR referred to themselves as the three Kings. I just thought that was a thing of beauty. That whole little saying and, and what was going on there was just great. Uh, that part of it I really enjoyed. But you, I'm watching Wardlow in the background. As uh, the movement's going on, you can watch Wardlow's expression, and he'd rather be in prison than in that room at this point. You know, And it's like it, it, this is brewing big time. And I, if I had to go and guess, Wardlow's going to cost MJF this uh, feud with CM Punk. And then those two are going to start feuding. Yeah, and then you can really get it over. How about yeah. yeah, so that I tell you, MJF is doing some great work now too. I mean, he's been oh, he's, this 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 CM Punk MJF you, and having this match, which we'll get into next. Well, we'll get into Malachi Black next, but having that match, just how it really tied together. But before we go into how that tied into that, Malachi Black makes pretty quick work of it wasn't I forget the dude's name, Captain Lee. Sterling or something? <laughs> what the fuck is that dude's name? Uh, I forget who the yeah, it was some jobber. Yeah, Captain Lee. It was Captain something. Captain Ron. I think it was Captain Ron. Goldie Hawn. Was, was Goldie Hawn and Captain Ron? Was he, she and Captain Ron are I think an overboard. I'm thinking overboard. Overboard and Captain Ron was Kurt Russell with uh, was that Martin Short? I think. <laughs> yeah. Not a great movie. Didn't. Did Martin Short kind of cuckold to Captain Ron in that movie? Uh, I'm not sure. I never actually saw Captain Ron. <laughs> did I? Why would we, right? I don't know. I saw Overboard, but I did not see Captain Ron. We were too young. We didn't know how bad Overboard was when it was younger. I actually enjoyed it as a seven-year-old. Ten yeah. ten, maybe ten. Malachi Black continues his dominance, though. No big surprises, though. The King, which we know is to be Brody King. Nothing there yet. Yeah. But... What what you notice something about the, the this match 
that just the little little details of everything that happens with Malachi Black, even spilling over to the referee, which go ahead, explain yeah. what you, you caught, which I didn't catch, but you did. Yeah, two things. If you get a chance to go and, and you know, you appreciate Malachi, Malachi Black, go and double check. One, that black mass that he lands on Pillman Jr. It's probably one of the best ones I've ever seen. He connects with it beautifully. Pillman sell, sells it greatly. But then out of the corner of my eye, I'm watching as soon as he nails that thing, watch the referee's like actions after he witnesses it that close. He just sort of curls up into the corner and then slithers out in between the ropes and wants to go nowhere near uh, Malachi Black. Like he was scared shitless. He's like, holy shit. Like, like what he just witnessed and just it was uh, i was laughing at it it was just a, it was a good little moment i'm not sure if it was rick knox or who it was but uh yeah that was like uh entertaining to me for sure yeah it's, it's great what he's doing is absolutely brilliant and his promos by the way he's on cameo is he malachi black's on cameo and what's he go for how much buck buck 80 buck 80 what do you got for that <laughs> You want you want it? What's I don't know if this is legal or not, but I'm sure it's just public. We could probably do this. It's, it's it's a promo forum. If not, we get okay. sued. We'll see. It's actually pretty. He 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 talks. He puts himself over. He's talking about the character. He's not. He's not doing. He's not doing like. Hey, this is Tommy End. Yeah. No, no. Creepy. I um cameo. I got this request here on this this app. And you can't see it. The request I'm being informed of yourself. Talking about how you've been a wrestling fan <laughs> since the eighties and nineties. And therefore, somehow, you feel that you can challenge the House of Black. Do you generally think that it matters that you've been watching wrestling since the 80s and the 90s? Do you really think it's that simple? <laughs> what the fuck? He's really cracking. He's cutting this promo. You got to watch it. He's very intense. If you're not looking at it, he's cutting an intense promo like he's cutting on Cody Rhodes. It's insane. That's how you feel. You have to prove your metal to the entire. Like what? Is, like he's playing? I, I don't know. I I wouldn't want Malachi Black. It's, it's just he's just talking into a phone. He's telling people how to become a member of the House of Black. Like I, come on, come on. Oh, you would love it. I I am Steve Valley. Silicon you need to become a member. The House of Black. <laughs> I'm gonna whisper into your ear until you <laughs> unfold yourself into the House of Black. It's just he's just really intense. He's like, you think it's that easy? You can just walk in here. Oh my gosh! There's one that gets even more intense. That was after. It looks like it was after a match. Anyways, so. Wardlow has his match, which we could tie back into this, and he does four power bombs. Crowd's going crazy. Same kind of deal. Spears kind of calls him off toward the end of the match, then hits the guy with a chair. 
And yeah, like you said before, Wardlaw is actually, it's, it's incredible. And was not to be seen during the main event either, which we get into right now. We had the three kings, which you alluded to, and MJF, who is making his minutes count, as they say. Oh my God, man! He, he's he's like a, he's rising above the Roddy Piper occasion, if you will. So damn good! It's it's incredible. Again, the most perfect. I've said it before. He's the most perfect professional wrestler I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. And I don't, I don't think he cares. I've been watching wrestling since the 80s and the 90s either. No. But now we have to get into the main event. We have MJF, FTR, both classy, arguably the very best. The three kings at what they do in AEW, some could argue. And then out come our baby faces. And they're all dressed up all special tonight, aren't they? Hey, it was nostalgic in Greensboro. Which is great, by the way. Sting, we're getting to Sting. Wow, what a treasure he is. Treasure that man is. So Darby comes out, looks badass. A little more color than he's usual. Got the, well, he's got the Sting thing going, like 80 Sting with the pink, you know? Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Okay, he still looks badass. He's Darby out. Sting comes out, got some CM Punk situation happening on his face. Looking badass, wearing a CM Punk shirt. Okay, looks badass. And then out comes a child trick-or-treating as 1995 Sting, even though he has the face paint of 1988 Ultimate Warrior and the tights of 1985 Sting. I don't know who it was, but he looked like a trick-or-treater playing bad cosplay. And I thought it was hilarious, and I thought it was great. But CM Punk looked like he had his mom draw them. Here, mama, what do I look like? Do I look like a turtle? No, son. You look like Sting. Ooh, even better. The wrestler? The wrestler? Not the musician, right? Every step you take. Move you. <laughs> I don't think CM Punk chills out to some smooth ass sting. I don't know. Might not be his. No, not at all. Not, might not be his cup of tea. But other than the costume, the quality of costume, I thought it's a great idea. It'd be cool if he actually. He's really. He looked like a kid with a really shitty Halloween costume for Sting. That's what it looked like. Sorry, 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 Punk. Maybe that's what he was going But knowing him, he might have been going for that irony. He might have been going for that classic 1987 look. Yeah. Then bleach blonde your hair, Punk. Go all the way. God damn it. How about the match? How much fun was this match? Yeah, the match was great, man. You know, there's so many good spots in it. And it's like, it's uh, living, breathing wrestling history. Why? Watching that match because just the certain spots they had in there with um, Sting jumping off the top rope into FTR on the side, and I think MJF was a part of it. The human missile crisis that Darby hits on FTR and F and MJF, MJF be just totally never getting into any grips or anything with CM Punk, just teasing the fans the entire match, like. Man, they are like psychologically, they are just so top notch, and and it was great because 
You have Sting at what sixty? What is he? Sixty-two years old or something, right? Two years old. Yep. You have CM Punk. He's in his forties, and then you have Darby, who's in his late thirty. I'm sorry, late twenties. You have three generations of wrestling professional wrestling fans and wrestlers who love their craft, entertaining what must have been close to a sold out arena in Greensboro against what is the modern day version of Roddy Piper and the modern day version of the Minnesota wrecking crew or, or the brain uh, brain busters, if you will, with Tully and, and, uh, and Arn. And it's, it's uh, me as a, a guy who a kid who used to watch that era. I'm just like, this is so damn cool to me that I'm seeing this myself in my mid forties and it's just there for me to witness this. And I'm watching all of them just have a hell of a time. It's great. I, tweet, I tweeted it. I said, I love when professional wrestlers who love professional wrestling, professional wrestle and giving the fans what they want. It's a fun, great show. It was a great fun main event. And by the way, one other thing I wanted to bring up about this main event and all the, the six man tags. AEW has done a brilliant job of keeping their six-man tags interesting. Nine times out of ten, it's an interesting match. And you're highlighting all your different wrestlers. You're getting more people fresh and maintaining their idea and keeping them in the visual. If WWE could do a better job with six-man tag situations, because all their six-man tags are just disaster. They're all the same fucking yeah. and all the same way. Their six-man tags are boring. If they can change the dynamic of their six-man tags, that, that might be an opportunity for WWE to get more people. But what have you? But that's what I just wanted to say. So kudos to AEW, and I really would like to see a six-man tag title uh, championship. And a quick note on the WWE six-man tag matches. You know what often happens is somebody tends to get confused, and when they get confused, they get what happens? They get distracted. Yeah. Oh, and they get distracted. What happens? They get rolled up for the pin. Ah, uh, there we go. It's like we could book it ourselves. <laughs> oh, man. I, that, that's the only reason I want to do the Omas and AJ thing because, well, this is what happened. He got distracted. And there it is. You know what happens when you get distracted? <laughs> that's why I, I love that. I love that. But, but yeah, you know what happens when you get distracted? Um, yeah, but see, yeah, you make great. Yeah, you make great points about what you're saying about professionals, professional wrestlers, rest, professional wrestling. And uh, it was on display there in a, in a historic city, you know. And it's like, you know, the roots go back to Sting versus Ric Flair, where, where Ric Flair put him over in that town, correct? I think they went to a draw tie, actually. Oh, that was a draw? Okay. That was a draw tie. Stinger went to the draw tie. Yeah, but it was one of the matches that put Sting on the map, right? It was so, the match yeah. that put no, it was the match that put Sting on the match. He will say it, Ric Flair will say it, historians will say it. So no doubt it was the match. Absolutely. I just didn't want to think he won. I just want you know what I mean. He didn't walk out the champion. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He became a household yeah. name, and then that was the beginning of him being at the top of the card, which he maintained until really anytime he wrestled, he was near the top of the card except for WrestleMania, right? You know, but that still was a big match. <laughs> Yeah, he had his company had to get bought out by the other company, and then they had to job him out to somebody not named The Undertaker. Well, we could go on that all day. Um, yeah, no, 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 Undertaker just wants guns and knives, and whiskey. 
So what did you think? I wanted to ask you this. What did you think about the run through the arena where it actually ran up the stairs, ran through the concession, ran back down the stairs? I was like, initially, I was like, are they really going to do this? And they goddamn did. You just see MJF. And they had to be blown up. I mean, dude, they ran oh, up yeah. all those fights. That, that was challenging. Even if you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny they made it, they they made it back before the ten count. Did they really? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, just I, I'm sure if you counted it out, it's pretty like as far as like the referee was concerned with the pace he's going. Oh, I didn't. I thought one of them wasn't. I thought one of them wasn't the. I thought they weren't the illegal. But either way, it just uh, it was just a fun spot to get the crowd in, involved. And again, it's it's old. I mean, CM Punk. I think wrestling's changed a little bit. Where I don't know if CM Punk is perfect in terms of his mindset for wrestling. However. You know, because I'm more on the Kenny Omega hangman vibe in terms of storytelling. But CM Punk knows what he's doing. He's really good at it. And it's just so much fun to see this on a weekly, weekly basis. And right now we're seeing a just... And by the way, CM Punk said this last week. He said, you haven't seen anything yet with this feud. If this feud has... If that's what he's saying, we know CM Punk. One thing he is not is overly braggadocious for no reason. Right, he knows what he's talking about. So, just it gets you so excited for the future of this company. I mean, look what we've got right now. We have a possible elite versus Reed Dragon, and with Adam Cole, we got possible Brian Danielson championship reign coming up. Wardlow turning on MJF. MJF and CM Punk still going at it. I mean, we still have a tag team division that's light, that's red hot. Yep. What do you think about the the dynamic of Matt Hardy and and Christian both being the mentors to these two young tag teams? Um, I think it definitely has paid dividends in terms of Jungle Boy. He's starting to man up a bit on the promos and uh, he's getting better. I don't necessarily buy into uh, Jurassic Express as a whole. It's like a bit almost Orange Cassidy-ish for me in some ways. Um, but Jungle Boy's improving, I'll say. Um, and then I wouldn't, I don't think you would have gotten or improved this quickly without Christian's advancement. Uh, Matt Hardy, I'm not necessarily, I mean, really it's, it's to me, it's a little bit of a glorified job squad, but his presence definitely helps. Job squad. I mean, they're jobbers. What are they? They're not job squad. Private party, butcher and the blade. They get a lot Everybody. of wins on dark, homie. You don't just got to start watching your dark, dude. They all got well over 500 records. Better watch yourself, pal. Uh, they're jobbers. <laughs> so basically, I, like, yeah, I'm not so impressed with the Hardy, Hardy brand, if you will. Uh, but it's something to do with them, really. Oh, we're just waiting for Jeff Hardy to come in anyway. Are we just waiting for Jeff Hardy to start wrestling for them in like 85 days? You're going to have a really crowded tag team scene all of a sudden. Well, now pose a question to you. Now that we kind of got through uh, AEW, quick question to you. And by the way, Merry Christmas to you, yeah. brother, and, ha- and Happy Holidays. I love you. Um, Merry Christmas to you too. Do you do you want to add any more championships to this to this company? And if you I do, would do a trios, do you add a second tag title one? No, I would do a trios championship. 
I definitely would. I, I think that's got to be done because then you can get guys like best. Then you can get guys like best friends and all that. Wait, so are you saying you definitely do a trios or do another Absolutely. tag team title? I would do the trios with a tag team title, but if they continue to build this tag team division like that, um, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, why wouldn't I mean they used to have you in old school WCW? They did have a United States Tag Team Championship in the Midnight Express. Yeah. Probably the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. They traded those some great matches with that, and those titles meant something. So, and you're getting that with the, the TNT Championship is the tag team division such where it does warrant a secondary championship. Um, yeah, if it's a secondary championship in terms of like the trios belts, I'd be totally for it. Uh, because you see it like with the clicks uh, that you got going on there between best friends, yeah, uh, Jurassic Express with Christian, Death Triangle, um, Death Triangle, the House of Black eventually, Boxing Whoever, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, QT Marshall's group. Just kidding, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whoever Cody settles down with. <laughs> so Cody and Sammy going to be going for the TNT championship. I, I think Cody wins. I think uh, Sammy obviously wins this. I don't think they're going to have a title change hands on tape. So, um, no. What did you think about the promo by Dan Lambert when he said Tony was- Khan wanted me to to make to make people cheer Cody? And I said, "How can I do that? He's a bigger dick than I am." <laughs> yeah very funny i thought uh yeah he was sort of wearing thin to, with me a little bit too with the whole uh uh jericho feud uh, after a little while but uh that was definitely a funny line pretty funny good pretty good promo as well yeah so anyway so what anyway what else do we have this week impaler what do you have on the road oh i'm sorry vladi dotty we've changed your moniker Vladi Daddy, what else we got in the world of professional wrestling going into this weekend? Uh, going into this weekend, um, really, what, what do we have? We got Rampage on uh, Christmas Eve night. Uh, Christmas or, night. Yeah. No, Christmas night. It's actually going to be on Christmas night, a special Saturday, 9 p.m. So it'll probably oh, do really? 100. I didn't realize it. It'll probably be 100,000 people. Yeah, that's why. They, and you wonder why they don't get good ratings because you don't know that. I mean. Yeah, I didn't realize that. But yeah, you know, so I'll definitely be checking in with that. And then, um, yeah, then that's pretty much it in terms of wrestling right now. I mean, a couple things are brewing, especially Kyle O'Reilly coming aboard. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really know if Bray Wyatt's coming anytime soon, but he's always looming. I mean, I would hope that, you know, it's going to be within the next four months or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we got something pretty cool going on here between uh, with the addition of the Undisputed Era into the mix against the Young Bucks and whatever the hell's brewing there. It's going to be really a good time. Absolutely. A lot of exciting things ahead. And plus, we still got the Roman Lesnar thing just coming up a little over a week away. So, all right, folks, thanks for checking out High Spots and Cheap Pops this week. We are excited. Our big launch, couple little things to say. We are putting together our website our website will be we're tentative date january 18th right now but we're going to have all the concrete details full-blown content we're going to be giving you every single week we're going to be doing a comedy we're going to be doing the comedy right the little comedy roast in action little comedy we're going to be doing the comedy we're going to be doing features or else we're going to be doing the podcast so 
onward and upward. We're going to be a news site doing news stories as well. So we're really going to really put forward the best effort in high spots of cheap pops, having a monstrous owning 2022. So we're excited about that. So, and, it, and Mr. Vladi Dotty, you like the potty. We are excited. You're going to have your own blog on it. What kind, what kind of yeah, stuff are we going to hear from you on your blog? Mainly horoscopes, I'd say. Yes. Yeah, that's the route I'll probably go. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, just trying to basically touch on some wrestling news, give you my opinions on it, uh, fill in the blanks in terms of really what's going on in this wonderful guilty pleasure that we all enjoy. We are excited. High Spots and Cheap Pops 2022. That's the year we drop. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. If you like what you see, hit the subscribe button. Give us a share. Or don't. Hire us on Cameo. Hire us on Cameo will certainly be more realistic than Malachi Black. Malachi Black is not letting you in the House of Black. He'll just, he's just shining you on. He's not going to let you in for $180. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. Everyone has a price, and it's 180 bucks for the House of Black. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the High Spots of Cheap Pops for Vladi Dottie. This is Silicon Steve Alley. We will talk to you guys very, very soon. And check out our highlights. Check out our YouTube page. Check out our Spotify. We'll talk to you guys.
I'm doing a duck stuff. I'm stuffing a duck. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Birthday case. Are you taking boobies? Okay, buddy. All right, let me know, buddy. You'll, I'm sure you'll bark like an asshole when you want to come in. Dude, he's chewing on this fucking thing on his tail, and he was getting better, and now I just looked at it, and he's fucking got an open sore again on his tail. Like, what's he really. chewing it for? Fucking asshole. That dog needs to get it shit under control. This might be one of my hacks for my my wrestling manager. It's pretty good. Born again. I'm going to be a born again. Are you? Well, he wants to be a fucking... I, he was talking about me being a priest. I'm like, I'm not vibing with that. Because then I'm just going to want to go kid touch her way with it. You can't do that. Yeah. You know? I'll get canceled for making fun of pedophiles. Pedophiles are people. Pedophile lives matter. Um, you do a pastor, non-denominational church. Yeah, I don't even want to push what kind of God we're talking about. Yeah, we always say I wouldn't say the Bible. I say the Good Book says. And the thing about my characters, I want to be as disingenuous as possible, but be able to talk like I like, kind of like Charlie. From that one episode of So He's Sunday when they were exploiting a miracle and Charlie didn't know shit about the Bible, but he was he was getting into it so everyone thought he was the man. Oh, just like Jesus told Moses to pray. <laughs> like he was saying that made no sense. But he was saying it right, so everyone loved him. And fucking Mac was like the real Christian, and he was like, What the fuck? <laughs> so I don't know if I'll be over the top on every once in a while I'll get over be over the top on it, but I, I think I think it could be really funny. But it might not want to go with his vibe, so I want I have to accentuate whatever his character. I mean, it's his fucking. Yeah. But that would be my. Pl- I'll make whatever work. What he wants me to do, like pastor, yeah, yeah. or I want to be called Parson. What's Parson mean? No, dude. Uh, Preacher man. Made it up. No, Parson, like Parson, and we contend that he is Parson Brown. A parson. He's like a minister. He's like a minister. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. You never heard the word parson before? I don't think so. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Next time, next time you go to church, call the minister parson. He'll be like, ah. Fuck. Not a parson. Assuming that a mate. Are you you assuming I'm gonna get lost and end up at a church? I didn't know. I didn't know if you practiced, man. I have no fucking idea what your deal is. We never really yeah, talked about it. Thing. It's fine with me. I don't remember the last time I went to church here. You know, I do all my praying and intentions here in this house of God. So we have. Uh, I'm fucking around. Um, all right, so we got the main event. We'll we'll just talk about the main event. We saw the main event. We'll talk about it. Really fun. It was a fun main event. Really fun. Seeing Sting doing what he's doing, but we got to talk about the cosplay that was going down. Okay. That fucking cosplay that CM Punk was trying to pull off. I mean, he just looked like a fucking teenager dressed up like Sting. 
his Halloween costume. <laughs> like Sting looked badass. Sting when he had going on was bad the fuck as Darby was badass. Sting looked like his mom drew a fucking mask on his face for fucking Halloween. <laughs> It's like my first fucking Ultimate Warrior costume. Fuck <laughs> ass. Oh man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't want to go nuts. I'm making fun of this too much because I want to save some of it for later. But Jesus Christ, that was fucking horrible looking. I know what he was going for the retro 1985 look. Yeah, yeah. But Jesus, that looks stupid. He's not jack. I mean, that's when his body looked a little funky. Like it's not Sting. I don't know. This thing's a lot bigger than you are. <laughs> uh, but I love the fact that a professional wrestler is having a lot of fun professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, a professional wrestler who loves professional wrestling, professional wrestle. And yeah. You know, little hokey CM Punk. So you know that was a CM Punk idea. You know, it was all CM Punk. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And Tony Khan's like, sure, buddy. CM Punk's like, hey, how about this? How about I come out there and I just sing a song with them for 25 minutes? It'll be Inagata DeVita. And Tony's like, Sure. I mean, yeah, see sure. See a punk. You've got it over. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> <He's just walking. laughs> like, that'd be the funny dynamic if CM Punk just always talks straight with him. He doesn't ever like show emotion, which is just like, how about I do this? But <laughs> he says and like, it's a ridiculous idea. Oh, okay, no problem. no problem. But it was a fun one. And notice MJF and CM Punk, which I thought was gonna happen, didn't touch. Which was great. They're gonna keep that going. I, CM Punk loves that kind of shit. And MJF is in. I don't know. Oh god. How about did, we'll talk about it live? Let's do it. All right, ready? That's right. Let's so we it. got a lot of the docket tonight. We we'll do the Amos, the Om, the almost Omos. Do you even want? Do you even want to touch base on that? We don't have to. I did, but no, nah, we don't have to. Okay. We'll just do AEW. Or we do Roman. So it's a, yeah, we do so Roman. It's Roman, Paul Heyman, and Brock, and then the rest is AEW. All right, cool. All right. Ready? Absolutely. Hi, spots and cheap pops. You're on mute. Mute. Remember, was it, take was two. It? Was it mute the entire time? Uh, you got high spots, cheap pops out, and then I, I didn't touch anything. What the fuck? Well, I'm glad you're. Yeah. Well, f- I'm glad you're there to tell me, dude. Because that's all right. I got I got to up all this equipment, and uh, I I might be getting some really good equipment. I got to make a phone call, but I got pointed in a certain direction, which might be a game changer for our our, our content. That's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. 